get me. From Studio A in Arcata, behind the Redwood Curtain, it's time for... Suckatash. Suckatash Clips, the original comedy soundcast featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcasts. And here's your host from up the coast, practically unknown outside of comedy soundcasting, comedy soundcast soundcaster, Tyson Saner. Saluton, estes me, Tyson Saner, your host for this early December holiday season edition of Suckatash, the Comedy Soundcast Soundcast. And have I got clips for you. As I'm typing this, I'm noticing that have I got clips for you feels like a question. But if I were to put a question mark at the end of that sentence, it feels like it should sound more like, have I got clips for you? I understand it's a rhetorical question, but I, I never really stop to think about what it looks like on paper. Or on, in this case, on a computer monitor. Have I got clips for you? Of course I do. This is Eclipse edition of Suckatash, the comedy soundcast soundcast. It would be misleading and frankly weird if I didn't. I've got clips from Multinon Movies, Crystal Clear the Podcast, Master Manual, High Content Pod, Unstructured, Shank, and Weird Adults with Little Esther. We've also got a double dose of Raging Moderate Will Durst's Burst of Durst segment and a reading from the website of our still fairly new sponsor, TrumpPoetry.com. Ready? Let's go. Before we dive into the clippage, we've got our first burst of durst. Because I didn't record a Thanksgiving episode for this year, you didn't get to hear the Thanksgiving edition of our burst of durst segment. Well, you're about to hear it now. This one is called Thanksgiving 18, in which our intrepid correspondent takes off his gloves and socks to count his blessings. Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about Thanksgiving which this year cannot come at a better time, conveniently following one of the most contentious elections in our nation's history, and only 711 days before the next most contentious election in our nation's history. The fourth Thursday of November is truly the best of American holidays, a non-denominational feast of friends, family, food, and football, featuring six-story helium balloons on rope tethers jousting with lamp posts. Where's the bad? So unless you're a turkey that has recently been force-fed a glut of high-protein grain, there is much to be thankful for. And this is just a short list for what we here at Dursko Industries are thankful for. For the fact that the pilgrims chose not to feast on squirrel, weasel, raccoon, or possum. For Turner Classic Movies and their obsession with early Barbara Stanwyck movies. For Donald Trump's unceasing efforts to provide daily comedic fodder on an hourly basis, minutely. For a wife who understands that any decision made before the consumption of a third cup of coffee is not binding by custom or law. For perfectly churned 643 double plays on bright summer afternoons with a Sheboygan brat in one hand and a cold anchor steam in the other. For the state of Florida, they can't drive, they can't count. It's time to circumcise America. Just cut Florida off at the Georgia border and kick it into the Caribbean. 49 states, it'll, it'll still work on the flag. Seven rows of seven stars. 
And finally, for the newly elected 116th Congress, now that they control the House, it'll be interesting to see just who the Democrats have bigger fights with, the GOP or themselves. For Succotash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast, I'm Will Durst. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody! All right, into the clips. Our first selection this evening is Malton on Movies by Leonard Malton and Jesse Malton. Its description reads, Legendary film critic Leonard Malton and his daughter Jesse are the ultimate movie fans. They love talking about movies, especially with people who share their enthusiasm. From living legends like Mel Brooks, Carl Reiner, and Quincy Jones, to such contemporary artists as Amy Adams, Viggo Mortensen, Laura Dern, and Brian Cranston. You'll meet all kinds of interesting people and hear their recommendations of unsung movies you ought to know. This clip is from an episode that was an interview with Dennis Miller, released on November 2nd, 2018. Its description reads, He's won five Emmy Awards and is a longtime radio host and political pundit. But guess what? Dennis Miller is also a diehard film buff who revels in watching Turner Classic movies. Jesse was blown away as Leonard and Dennis started comparing notes on favorite films and the people in them. He's the same sharp-witted comic he's always been, but this time the focus is on movies. Excelsior. In this clip, Dennis recounts a past encounter with Leonard Moulton, seasoned with references, and a discussion of the McCarthy era of Hollywood history, and the beginning of a discussion about character actors. So I'm with Malden, and I'm a Brando freak, so I'm trying to pick his brain, but I don't want to look too needy, so I'm just trying to, you know, lay a light cast out there and mend it upstream and get a nibble and have him tell me his Brando stories without me doing the <laughs> beating him over the head. He says, uh, I say to him at one point, though, I say, uh, how did, uh, I'm surprised that Bud Schulberg and Ilya Kazan, who I view as sort of the town criers of the hoi polloi, the proletariat movement in the country, I, I can't believe they name names, even if it's names that have already been named. Mm -hmm. It blows my mind. And Malden looked at me. I always remember this. And he said, well, Dennis, it's easy to judge, but you don't know how brave you'd be till they chain you to the radiator. Wow. It was like Orwellian, man. And I thought, I said, Carl, that image, honest, it, it like clicked my mind about judging people through the prism of history when you don't know. It's very infrequently is there a Carl Foreman guy who says, yeah. hey, I'm not, naming, I'm not naming anybody. How's about I go live in London and avoid yeah. you idiots for yeah. a while and then I'll come back and do... Guns and Navarone or something. Right. But the very infrequent, you know, Kazan, you could tell Kazan wanted to be the director of his era and yeah. indeed in many ways was more staged than movies but yeah. um it's tough to go up there guys he might never work again you know what i mean uh, so it, it just reminded me don't judge lest ye be judged exactly way. so i every time i read a story or a book about that period that witch hunt period and there there seemed to be no end of them mm. because there there's so much to mine so much material to mm -hmm. mine uh I ask myself, I shudder, and I ask myself, well, what would I have done? Mm -hmm. And uh, and I don't, I'm, I'm not the bravest guy out there. He would to, have hidden behind my mother is what he's trying to say. I don't know about you, Leonard. I feel like I would have answered the call in Vietnam or stay on the Titanic or <laughs> stuff like that, it, only because knowing how guilty I am about little uh, missteps with human beings, mm -hmm. if I really did a screw-up where I betrayed karma and stuff like that, I would view the rest of my life like uh, like uh, 
you know, a r- Russian, uh, you know, in a Russian novel, some guy yeah. who's just yeah. haunted by it, and yeah. where it would eat me al- alive more than actually going down with a ship. Yeah. I always yeah. read about that rich guy saying, my man and I will be in our finery having a cocktail. <laughs> and I thought, could I do that? And I, thought, well, I wouldn't want to, certainly, but I would have to because I couldn't be Ismay dressing up as a woman and diving into the lifeboat. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like Clifton Webb in that great original Titanic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alan Jocelyn is the one who puts a... A blanket over his head and pretends oh, to be a woman in the lifeboat. I can't yep. believe he just Alan Jocelyn to me. You guys are the cutest. The two of you are the cutest thing I've ever seen. Well, Clifton Webb. adorable. There's nothing more sympathetic than Clifton Webb at the end of, uh, what's, what's the Tyrone Power? The Razor's Edge, mm-hmm. where he's dying horribly in a huge chateau. And all that matters is he needs an invite to a party that's happening that he's not invited to. So he's going out the door. For him, it is an incredibly fragile set of criteria for what makes him a value human being. He's not invited to the party of the season. And like the last guy who could care about that is Larry Darrell. And he comes in with a feigned uh, invite and hands it to him on his deathbed. And the confluence of the man who looks for death in his life and the man whose death is so shallow, it just takes your breath away. Stuff like that. And Clifton Webb's always been one of my favorite Mr. Scoutmaster. He's so oh, sweet gosh, that yes. movie. With also starring George Foghorn Winslow. Oh, that's who that was. Yes, Foghorn that, Winslow. That kid, he had a, I think what would be kind and accurate to say, a brief screen career. Yeah, but, but kids but, should but burn a notab- like a comet. But it, that, well, but it was notable. Yes. It was notable. <laughs> Listen, once a, you know, once a kid, I always think Jimmy Dean didn't need a fourth film if he wanted to be immortal. He could either have a fourth film or be immortal. And a kid can stay with you for like 40 years or anything. I haven't seen this kid since he was prepuberic. Or you can just move on after a while. And then I have nicer Haley Joel, you know, people like that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Wow, they hit the ball hard when they were in there. Yeah. I know. It's like at a certain point, I guess it's not – maybe it's human nature or it's just a natural order of things to take some people for granted who've just mm-hmm. always been there doing good work. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the era you just mentioned, Joel McRae yes. I think was, was underappreciated. And when, when interviewed in later years, he always said – he always said that no one ever chose him first. Mm. It was because Cary Grant had said no, <laughs> or, or, or Jimmy Stewart, or, or, or Gary Cooper yeah. had said See, no. You can reach out to Leonard Malton on Twitter at Leonard Malton, that's L-E-O-N-A-R-D-M-A-L-T-I-N, Jesse Malton at Jesse Malton, that is J-E-S-S-I-E-M-A-L-T-I-N, Dennis Miller at D-E-N-N-I-S, capital D, capital M, capital Z, and you can go to LeonardMalton.com for movie reviews and other good stuff. In the second position, Crystal Clear, the podcast by C. Clear. That is the letter C and the word or name clear. Its description reads, Seeking clarity in life to make the most of my life. Crystal Clear is my affirmation. Crystal is spelled C-H-R-I-S-T-A-L. Our clip is from an episode called Be My Guest, released October 22nd, 2018. Also listed as episode 74. In its description, it says, It was good to talk to a stranger that feels like an old friend. Jay is not a stranger, but podcasting allows you to have conversations with people that feel like great friends. Either way, here's one on growing with experience. And in this hope, Crystal discusses the adjustments one makes when one receives feedback on their shows 
and guest Jay, who has been running the Pod Dealer Network for almost a year as of this recording, explores the anxieties of being the sole host of a show. This is another thing that I realized I had no idea. Have you ever had someone listen to your show and maybe talk to you about the show and they're like paraphrasing you and mm-hmm. you're like, I didn't say that. <laughs> you're just like, I did not. Yeah, that's, no, that's not what I said. That's not what I said. And so, <laughs> and so it's like, I realize that I'm talking and I'm saying what I'm saying and I know where it's coming from. But someone else is listening mm-hmm. and they hear it and it means something totally different from the, for them. And you're just like, that's beautiful, but that's not what I said, <laughs> you know? And I just had to like right. let it go and allow it to become whatever it becomes when someone else listens to it, you know? Like, and I'm just amazed. And it's like, there's really nothing you can do about it because we all perceive and understand differently and there's nothing you can do about it, but allow them to get what they get. You know, and it's like, even if you do yeah. think you like you like you're making valid points, because I know you said you don't kind of go into it like that. You're like just pleasantly surprised when it happens. But even if you did, mm-hmm. like it wouldn't matter because the very thing that you thought was deep didn't, you know, touch anyone. But the thing that you thought you were just, you know, uh, it, that was what was most impactful. Mm-hmm. So it's just like you can never be certain with what's hitting who, how. So the podcasting, yeah. it's crazy for me. It's, I don't have the time. I'm just like, I'm going to do this. And all the ones I felt like were just like crap shows got the most coming. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I, I'm going to quit trying to know when I'm doing well or yeah. <laughs> when I'm doing bad. It yeah. doesn't matter. I, no, I agree. I think that's the, I think that's the, another part where people, uh, especially us who do solo shows, really need to have like some type of roundtable discuss- discussion about the do's and don'ts and the anxiety that we feel mm, um, doing doing a show by itself. Because, like I said, you're doing the you you see you see the process from beginning to end. You spent your week or however long getting your topics together. You've been thinking up your talking points. You've been thinking about what time you're going to record. Um, you, you know, everything, like every, you check off all these other boxes, not to mention if you're a working adult or a family or whatever it is, you got to check off all the other boxes, go do your show. You got to make sure your mood is right. Your energy is good. You do the show and then you're like, that show wasn't good. <laughs> and you're pick, the, the moment you're done recording it, you're picking the show apart without even putting it out. Mm-hmm. You put it out, and then you know you get your plays. And then I think that's another reason, which I'm so glad that like I'm having conversations with people about disabling their numbers or their plays, because then you do this thing where you constantly watching the plays or looking at the plays where you're like, yeah, it should be. Yeah, I knew the show wasn't good because all that's doing is like fortifying that thought in your head, like right. Yeah, I put the show up two days ago, and it's only got 25 plays. I knew the show wasn't that good, or, like, that kind of thing. And, and, and like, we don't need to be doing that anymore. I think I think in the realm of podcasting or anybody talking for a living, you're going to have rough days. Mm-hmm. But I, it's just like you said. It's just like you said, though, too, like, you think this show is terrible, and then in a couple of days somebody will – um, come and say like, hey man, this thing you said really touched me, or like, yo, I I was having a crappy day, and then uh, 
you said this thing about whatever and it made me laugh. Man, I really appreciate that. Or man, girl, you man, you was doing this thing or whatever it is that that you do that people can feed on just to kind of get them through their day or take them out of a um a moment. The whole time you've been over here, you know, flipping out about the show. Like, oh, it's, man, I think I'm gonna go back and delete that episode, or I'm gonna take it down, or like whatever, whatever it is. Um, and you, like you said, you don't know what they're getting from it. I mean, some people really do need it, or they feel like it's a part of their routine. Um, and it's just, I think we are our biggest critics. Yeah. Um, and so that's the thing that I think solo host podcasters don't talk about. Even if you're a, a solo hosted show that has like. Um, a rotation of guests or like new guests every week. I think even that in itself is stressful. You're trying to find somebody that's a good fit, all of that stuff. I mean, there's a bunch of things that we don't necessarily talk about where, because in the end, it's like the show needs to get made and it needs to get put out. Right. You can reach out to Crystal Clear on Twitter at the Crystal Clear. That is capital T H, capital C H R I S T A L, capital C L E A R. Now, J, spelled J-A-E, uh, Twitter account was not mentioned in the episode I listened to, unless I missed it completely. But J hosts a soundcast called Just Say Words Podcast, which can be found at the Pod Dealer Network, www.poddealers.net. That is P-O-D-D-E-A-L-E-R-S dot N-E-T. You can also find him on Instagram at Just Say Words Pod, J-U-S-T-S-A-Y-W-O-R-D-S-P-O-D. And Crystal Clear can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Music. Our third soundcast clip for the evening is a soundcast called Master Manual by Spencer Crittenden and Cohen Edenfield. Its description reads, Harmontown's Dungeon Master to the Stars, Spencer Crittenden, and game designer Cohen Edenfield discuss the finer points of leading a role-playing session in a surprisingly accessible advice show. It's from the first episode, which is called Boardwalk Vampire. It was released August 22nd, 2018. And the episode description reads, This inaugural episode of Master Manual, Spencer and Cohen answer questions and riff upon a fresh new take on vampires. We get better at this, I promise. Yes, the uh, segment is called Alternate Monster Lore, and here's a chunk of it. So so Vampires is the monster. We're going to construct alternate monster lore. Just as some background. Um, in D&D, you'll find in the player's handbook, they explain in the races section that races uh, uh, are different in different like campaign settings in different universes. So it's like in and the elves are like this, but in uh, Dragonlance, the elves are like this. But they can also basically be whatever you want because you're you're playing your shard. Mm-hmm. You're playing your fat. Your like facet of this reality right that's the point is that it's any any it's not the same you're not playing in the same world you're playing in like an alternate reality or whatever like and then what in dark sun uh gnomes are cannibals or something like that yeah like elves are like crazy desert yeah and so like that's you know you don't think of an elf being a crazy desert man but why not so that's what we're gonna try and do with vampires vampires we're gonna be the first people to really tweak we're gonna we're gonna take that classic history that classic monster and give him a modern twist. So you said first people, and that's interesting because okay. that's like uh, Native American. So, but but before we really, I'll just say that, and then before we really break let's into, let's not it, do that. Okay, we don't have to. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's 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 maybe do something else. I mean, the thing that ha- your mind has to be thinking to make you say that is very <laughs> worrying to me. But I'll just roll with it. Um, so, uh, like, okay, so what we should start with what 
is associated with this stuff. Like, okay. you know, if we're talking about goblins, like what's a normal goblin so we right. can diverge from it. So normal vampires are. Let's say a classic cross. We got, we got garlic uh, crosses. Uh, immortality. I think like even like deeper than that, we got immortality, mm-hmm. parasitism. Right. And blood strength. Mm hmm. I think those would be, yeah, blood. And I think like that, like everything else, I feel like, you know what? Aversion to daylight. Yeah. Through, through some. Those... That's probably more important than the blood, I would say. I mean, not necessarily because there's psychic vampires and yeah. stuff. Those are. <sighs> but it's like those people sometimes don't like the sun. That's, and sometimes they're yeah, fine with it. That's okay. So what are our, what's our deal with our vampires? Um, who's. Right. Uh, but what else? What else is there? Uh, there's skin burns, but that's sunlight sensitivity. Yeah. Uh, garlic. Silver. Crosses. Silver. Silver is a good Silver, one. Silver. Mirrors. Can't cross running water. In D and D, they turn into mist. Oh yeah, that's a that's a, that's a fun one. I feel like you that doesn't I like get, that, yeah. you don't see that a lot in modern. It makes them great villains because they just fucking, fucking leave. Yeah, yeah, you can't contain a mist. Um. So okay. So but. And, they're usually this isn't like specific, but they're usually associated with like aristocracy and kind of like high society, yeah. like charisma. They're it, usually charismatic. I interesting guess, thing is that in it. in the original Dracula, that was a surprise. That was the twist, right? Of the of the of the the story is that oh, vampires were this like before that were like oh, they're these like uh, these like woods monsters. Mm-hmm. They're like these like like like. Uh, closer to almost closer to like zombies they're like kind of mindless mm. and then it was like oh this this you know this fancy lord is actually or this count i suppose right uh is actually is actually a dracula or, i mean he it he's was one obvious of, he's he one of dracula. these draculas <laughs> he's i i know that's I the like, funniest Dracula's thing a doubt is, no is it's one the of my funniest favorite thing. Jokes. yeah um okay so what's so what if our vampires are god I really shouldn't have picked vampires uh there's so many things there's so many other well we would have had a slam dunk if we made them first peoples but let's move on from that okay no no it's, it's... what is okay um uh i'm trying my first beach. instinct was yeah was uh, water beach vampires yeah it was like water so what uh, what are they not like if they uh, can be still at the, the beach? sun so so they're night beaches they, yeah. they surf in the night yeah they sur- surf they surf vampires. they surf they can't cross running water but they can enjoy the the sea uh, they bury right. they bury themselves d- deep in the dunes. They surf because that's the only way they can cross water. Yeah, that's the only way. That's it, and they're super good at it because they're so light. <laughs> yeah, and they're light and they're just dexterous. Okay, this is a good start. Yeah. Okay, beach vampires. And during the day, they bury themselves deep in the dunes, like mm-hmm. like sea turtles and crabs and stuff. Right. Uh, when they make some, when they make someone, or like when they make a new vampire, uh, they bury you like. And you have to crawl to the. You know what they bear, they bear, make a bunch at once all together. Right, they Everybody pile you all on the thing. They bury you, and it's whoever survive, whoever gets to the sea before the sun rises, and like, oh, they can breathe water because they don't breathe; they can stay underwater. And more details get hammered out. You can reach Spencer Crittenden on Twitter at the Sixler. That is capital T H E S I X L E R. Cohen Edenfield at Skullmandible. It is S-K-U-L-L-M-A-N-D-I-B-L-E. And you can reach out to the show on Twitter at Master Manual Pod. M-A-S-T-E-R-M-A-N-U-A-L-P-O-D. Master Manual is available on iTunes, Pocket Casts, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, and Simplecast, which is where the show website is at mastermanual.podsimplecast.fm. That is M-A-S-T-E-R-M-A-N-U-A-L. P-O-D dot S-I-M-P-L-E-C-A-S-T dot F-M.
FM. This episode of Succotash is sponsored in part by TrumpPoetry.com, a chronological ode to a fake muse. Enjoy a rhyming spin on the news of the day every day, as well as over 500 archived daily verses thoroughly covering the White House, America, and the world with a sticky caramel coating that's impossible to remove. That's TRUMPoetry.com. Everything you need to know in rhyming couplets. TrumpPoetry.com. Alrighty then. Been a while since I've read one of these. From December 5th, 2018, number 778. At the end of this one, there are quotes. I will be using the sound to indicate quotes. No prison time. Three words that ring so sweetly. To he of long-term insights gained firsthand. For names and dates laid at Muller's command. And what exactly does this tie up neatly? From sifting lies, to please, to dots connected, who gains, who loses from these revelations? Regardless, will they change the fate of nations? Should vote suppression become resurrected? But I digress. This Russian agent song brings others from the woodwork to the chorus. How substantive their melodies, how porous. And will we knew if Trump knew all along? The special counsel probes election steal. From lock her up, to hey, let's make a deal. This one's from a little bit earlier in the month, December 2nd, 2018. Number 781. Ah, Vlad and the Saudi crown prince. From their hands, bloods of rivals they rinse. Their G20 embrace caused our prez to lose face. And we haven't seen Trump smile since. Right? Right. So I mentioned earlier that the high content podcast would be clipped on this episode. And it's because um, I recently was a guest. So I thought I'd play that for you here. This is from episode 59, High Content Live. It was released November 19th, 2018. It is a recording of the very first live episode of High Content on November 13th, 2018 at the Savage Henry Comedy Club in Eureka, California. So after local comedians Jessica Grant and Nando Molina gave interviews, the hosts of High Content unexpectedly invited me up on stage for a segment. There's a bit that I clipped off for you from the Would You Rather portion of the interview. I want to ask you a would-you-rather question. All righty, shoot. <clears throat> okay, would you rather have all bad things anyone thinks about you be physically edited into your Wikipedia entry or have a talking snake for a penis that spoils movies and TV shows? Oh, that's such a good question. I'm so glad you asked. A talking <laughs> snake that spoils movies as a penis. So it's like a talking snake for so your penis is a snake. Just kind of comes out and yes. a talking snake. The butler did it. Yeah, you, any, anytime you're watching a movie or a TV series, it just comes out and just tells you what what it what the, how it ends and spoils it for you. Oh wow. Um, yeah, I'd have to go with the first choice. Is I hate spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I, I I can't think of any other reason in that one except the spoilers. Except the spoilers being, spoilers, being yeah. a bad thing, you know. The talking snake penis. I'm. I'm okay with that. Well, yeah, you could do as yeah, you, know, you could be like a, a ventriloquist thing. It's, I tore. There are yeah, there are advantages to having a a, a talking snake penis. Certainly, there uh, are people living their life right now with a talking snake penis, and they're doing just fine. They just don't have to get spoilers from it. Lawyers, doctors, mm -hmm. NASA calligraphists. I just thought of a hack. You could carry around feeder mice all the time. So, like, you're going to the movie theater. You got your thing of popcorn. You got your thing of feeder mice. It starts to come out. And you just go yep, pop pop a feeder mouse into the snake, and then nobody has to deal with that. 
Oh man! You ever seen feeder mice? Did anybody? anybody like, ever like, have like, a pink like pinkies, pink? like little pink ones? Pink, yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of those things. I know it's not a it's not a pleasant thought. <laughs> oh <but>. no! <laughs> killing animals. How's the, how's the mood now? Welcome to the high content <laughs> podcast. <laughs> killing animals. <laughs> okay, and yeah. I, I want to ask you the same one I asked Nando. Would you rather uh, have to always wear roller skates or only exist in people's dreams? Oh, yeah, that's a tough. And one. again, being in people's dreams and like being like. And like a dreamland, you can you can do whatever you want, but also whoever's dream you're in, they can do whatever they want to you. And I believe it would cause you physical harm. It, it, can't, it can't kill you though, but like it'll hurt. Oh, okay. It would. Oh, that's interesting. So yeah. it would hurt, but it couldn't. It and, couldn't and, kill me. And I'm upgrading the roller skates to roller blades that light up. So I'm just like in a, I'm just somebody's punching bag in everybody's dreams, basically. If that's what no, they that's want. That, if that's what they want. Yeah, yeah. If that's what I cho- choose on that one. What was the other one? It was uh, uh, going r- everywhere. R- r- roller skates. Everywhere yeah. roller skates. Yeah. yeah. God. And they light up. And they light up. They light up. Well, then I'm sold. Let's <laughs> everywhere roller skates. I have dreams where I'm on roller skates. Well, not real ones, but where uh, I can just push myself across the floor. It's kind of like flying at very low altitude. <laughs> uh, it's fun, though, uh, you know, until I wake up and I'm like, I, I can't do that. Like, yeah. yeah. But, but now you can. We've given you the option. Well, yeah, yeah. But now I can't. Yeah. <laughs> so... That way I can do it in real life, but not have to do it in a dream, of course. Everywhere with roller skates. Like uh, Roller Girl from Boogie Nights never takes her skates off. So I would I just would they just become a fixture? Can I take them off to clean my We're feet? not going to worry about the hygiene. Okay. <laughs> That's beyond the scope. We're going to assume it's horrible and that it's a bad situation on the inside of there. But no one wants to talk about it. Oh, that's true. Nobody wants to talk about it. Kids, beware roller skates. <laughs> So you can reach the other comedians featured on the program at Jessica Grant on Instagram at Jessica number one. That is J-E-S-S-I-C-A-N-U-M-B-E-R and the numeral one. And on Twitter, she can be reached at J-E, the numeral five, the numeral five, I-C-A-N-U-M-B-E-R, the numeral one. Nanda Molina can be reached on Twitter at Nandaman5150. That is at capital N-A-N-D-O-M-A-N, numeral 5, numeral 1, numeral 5, numeral 0. Iraj Lopez can be reached on Twitter at Iraj Lopez, that is I-R-A-J-L-O-P-E-Z. Joe Garotti can be reached on Instagram at DJ Brony, D-J-B-R-O-N-I. And the High Content Podcast can be found at High Content Pod, H-I-G-H-C-O-N-T-E-N-P-O-D, on Twitter and Instagram. All right, the next clip for the evening is from a show called Unstructured by Eric Hunley. Its description reads, Unstructured is a chat with people who are changing the world around them through teaching, creating, or just living as an example. And when meeting folks, we can learn from each other, be inspired, and maybe even make a new friend together. From authors to documentary filmmakers and ultra runners to innovation experts, we look at what makes people think, move, and thrive, and persevere. Our clip tonight is from episode 84, featuring the original voice of Siri, Susan Bennett, released October 25th, 2018. Its description reads, We have all heard her, at least in the U.S., but may not recognize her when we meet her. Susan Bennett is an accomplished voice actor who wound up being perhaps the most heard voice in the world. In this clip, Susan Bennett describes the recording process that went into making the original voice of Siri. From my understanding, you spent a lot of time doing really a a test that would be just pure drudgery. Can you describe that all? Well, the recordings that I did 
which I actually did not do for Apple. I did for a third party, uh, a company called Nuance. And the recordings that I did were, were called IVR recordings, standing for interactive voice response. And the recordings, this, these types of recordings are used for applications like, you know, Siri, Alexa, Cortana, et cetera, and, uh, GPS systems as well. And, and, other applications like that. So the, we did the recordings and afterwards computers and technicians went into the recordings and extracted sounds, reformed them into new phrases and sentences. And these are what ended up on our devices. So when people ask me, Oh, did you have to read the whole dictionary or no, I read thousands and thousands of these crazy sentences that were created just for sound. And so they could get all of the sound combinations in the language. So the th- sentences we read really made very little sense. They were sentences like, cow hoist in the tub hut today. Say schist fresh issue today. Militia <laughs> boy hallucinate buckra okra ooze. So, you know, it was pretty crazy. Um, I'd say the first 50 or 100 sentences were kind of fun and kind of challenging. And then it was <laughs> really pretty tedious. It's like a hooked on nerd phonics. Exactly. Wow. Um, and now, okay. I, from my understanding, you did this like for almost a full month, like four hours a day or something. Yes. For the initial work that I did that ultimately became the voice of Siri was done in July, 2005. And I recorded four hours a day, five days a week. So I really didn't have much voice left or much uh, energy left for too much else uh, because it was very, you know, it, it's different. I know DJs work for four or five hours at a time, but they, they take breaks. And of course I took some breaks, but we weren't, we had to read everything in just a, almost a monotone and it had to be read exactly the same, every phrase and sentence. And so that's what made it, tedious and difficult on the vocal cords because, you know, you didn't, when we talk naturally, we use our voice, we go up and down with the, with the pitch and everything. But for these sentences, they had to be read, you know, in very, very much the same way so that when they extracted the sounds, um, they would all be sort of uh, similar. Well, ironically, a little bit of your attitude did sneak through though. Oh yeah. and that's kind of the the magic of the voice. Is <laughs> there's there's just a touch of snark. Absolutely. The very first time I spoke to Siri, um, I said, um, "Hi Siri, what are you doing?" And she very disgustedly answered, "I'm talking to you." <laughs> <laughs> Cracks me up. Yeah. Um, now, I, it has to be kind of a mixed blessing for you because. I I've heard a bunch of interviews with you with you. I have a tendency to obsessively research <laughs> and you're asked the same things over and over, but it's kind of a, a weird thing because you're in everybody's head. How does that feel being on both sides of the celebrity? Well, it was very weird at first um, because the fact that I was the voice of Siri was a surprise to me. Um, and I've talked to other original Siri voices. I was the first English voice worldwide, but then um, others came up very quickly, uh, speaking other languages and, and with iPhones going into different countries. We all had similar experiences, um, which 
the experience was that we were doing all these recordings that we thought were sort of generic recordings for phone systems. And, um, you know, even though scientists and researchers have been work, had been working on artificial, artificial intelligence for decades by that time, most of us, just normal lay people, weren't uh, aware or had any idea that we were getting close to coming up with something like Siri. She was, you know, really basically the first public manifestation of AI and certainly the first concatenated voice. Now, concatenated means, you know, that's the process that I described earlier of how they take uh, sounds out of one sentence and then make another one out of them. And uh, she was the first concatenated voice that sounded human and you could interact with her and she had a personality and a sense of humor. I mean, she really was, she was really amazing. (laughs) Yes, fantastic. Susan's web links are listed as susancbennett.com. That is S-U-S-A-N-C-B-E-N-N-E-T-T dot C-O-M. On Twitter, she can be reached at SeriouslySusan. That is capital S-I-R-I-O-U-S-L-Y capital S-U-S-A-N. That is the same extension that can be reached on Facebook. And Unstructured Pod can be found on the web at unstructuredpod.com which is U-N-S-T-R-U-C-T-U-R-E-D-P-O-D dot C-O-M. On Twitter at UnstructuredP, U-N-S-T-R-U-C-T-U-R-E-D-P, which is the same for Facebook and Instagram. And there's a Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash unstructured. U-N-S-T-R-U-C-T-U-R-E-D. Next up, Shank by Sarah Weinshank. As description reads, comedian Sarah Weinshank interviews comedians, musicians, and artists living in L.A. Topics include food, fashion, cannabis, and comedy. This episode was called Mango Jewel Pods, Snail Essence, and Feet Picks with comedian Brandon Wardell. It was released November 14, 2018. In it, comedian Sarah Weinshank sits down with comedian Brandon Wardell. They talk everything from jewel pods to feet picks, as promised in the episode name. And in this clip, they talk a bit about fashion before speculating what life is like when you're a gamer. You're wearing a Batman shirt. Is this like a vintage Batman shirt? It's a vintage Batman shirt. It's pink. Where did you get it? At round two. Okay. Um, on Melrose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. Have you, do you go there sometimes? Um, I, I know of it. I don't go in there because they have a is lot of Is this all vintage? Are you wearing a, an all vintage Um, fit? no, only the skirt is vintage. Really? Actually, Where's the top from? Actually, the shirt's vintage, but I don't know like how old it is. I think it might be like a costume shirt. Like I feel like it's like Madeline, that kid sure. book. Like I feel like it's like yeah. It has the tag looks like it's. From you a always you you always dress very well every time I see you. Thank you. You too. You're always in Thank something you. very fun and bright. You like a bright color. Huh? I like a bright color. I like uh, like a pop. You like yeah. a pop. What kind of shoes do you have? Hold on, let's see. I'm wearing um these like. Adidas Hue, like it's the fucking uh, like the Pharrell. Oh, the Adidas Pharrell. Adidas. Adidas. Here, I'll. Yeah, let's see that. There we go. Oh, that's fun. It's like kind of like tweed looking, and there's all different colors kind of woven Thank in. You. That's cool. <laughs> um, so are you, you're into fashion to some degree? I love it. You do. I love I love fashion. I love fit pics. I love outfits of the day. Just wearing out there. clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you? Some of your favorite places to get clothes. Uh, I don't know. I guess, like, 
I guess mostly like vintage shit. Yeah. I don't know. Like, do you fucks with Buffalo Exchange? <laughs> um, yeah, I've, and I've, I've, you know, I've given clothes to them. Oh, you sell to Buffalo. I've done both. I've bought and sold. And they, you go in and you, you think like, oh man, I've got gems. You, you're like, I got I've what got, you, they want, <laughs> yeah. for sure. I've come here with, like, I, I've, I've fucking made this business. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I, I've come in here with so many items. I'm about to walk out here rich. And then they give you like $12. They give you $12. They, they choose like say. one thing or like. Yeah. yeah. Like you can have twelve dollars or if you wanna do a trade, you can have twenty four dollars yeah. at Buffalo and you're like, I don't want anyone else's ugly shit. Yeah. Just give me give me that cash. Yeah. It always seems like it's gonna be more lucrative than it really is. It's never right. it's always humiliating too. It's like that at any at any business that operates that way, you know. GameStop <laughs> GameStop <laughs> was the GameStop has fucked over so many uh so many teens. Like yeah. that—that's a business built on, uh, on exploitation, you know, ex- exploiting children. Yeah, you go in and you—you you, like, they—they they do the same shit. So, but this is my question. Are you yeah. So you're like a big gamer. I'm not. You're not. No. You f- you. I'm a gamer ally. Okay, you're just the voice. I have for gamer the friends. <laughs> okay. Do you I have, have... Ga- I have a lot of gamer friends. I have friends that like have Twitch streams. But I'm not, I'm not. I'm not gaming myself. I've never played Fortnite in my life. Me either. I'd like to keep it that way, honestly. I'd like. I could do it, maybe. I just want to. I don't know. I feel like I want to. I don't want to be a gamer unless I'm, um, unless I'm like rich. Rich from gaming. No, or, I mean no. like rich from just like, like a cur- like your yeah. Set. Like I just feel like oh, I want to get some more shit done before I become a gamer. I get that. Like, you'll, you'll game when you retire. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense, though, because it's like, it's such a time suck. That's like, a, that's like the best time to game, I think. Yeah, when you're retired. Post-retirement? You're just fucking, fucking up young kids on Fortnite. Yeah, you're just, uh, you're talking to some, like, some ten-year-old white kid that's calling you the N-word. Yeah, and you're just, you out there, everyone else is at work, you're sleeping until two, just gaming. Hard. Stakes aren't high, yeah. your wife's left. Yeah. That's. I mean, whoa, sorry. <laughs> Did my wife leave in this scenario? I mean, I feel like if you're what like What if I a, have a gamer wife? What ooh. if I married a gamer girl? What if you married like a young, cool, like, cosplay, like, gamer girl, and your retirement is just full of that? That'd be cool. That'd be so That'd interesting, be, right? Yeah. You can reach Brandon Wardell on Twitter at Brandon Wardell, B-R-A-N-D-O-N-W-A-R-D-E-L-L, and at B.S. Wardell on Instagram. B-S-W-A-R-D-E-L-L. You can follow Sarah Weinshank at Princess Shank, which is P-R-I-N-C-E-S-S-S-H-E-N-K. And if you go to iTunes and click where it says Show Website, it'll take you to www.blueberry.com uh, forward slash shank forward slash. That is www.blubrry.com forward slash S-H-E-N-K forward slash. And finally tonight from our clip department, Weird Adults with Little Esther by Esther Pavitsky and Starburns Audio. Its description reads, Little Esther Pavitsky finds out what makes her fellow comedian friends both weird and adult, with an irreplaceable quirk and charm not found anywhere else. 
This clip is from an episode released March 2nd, 2018, called Nick Weiger Live, in which Esther returns for a very special limited edition episode of Weird Adults. We're back, baby, live from the punchline at the San Francisco Sketch Fest. Nick Weiger of Doughboys fame joins little Esther for a conversation. They talk food. That's all you. Dot, dot, dot. I assume that's that. I, I don't know that that's the inflection for it. It literally says, that's all you. And there's a space and then three dots. So it could be that's that's all you get. That's all you. Or just that's all you. But why put the ellipses? Hmm. Anyway, in this clip, host Esther Pavitsky mentions she has jaw pain, and that leads to a conversation about strange interactions with a few medical professionals. I have jaw pain, so I don't chew gum anymore, but I definitely did. And now when I chew it, I almost get like high. Like it's so fun. Anyway. What's your jaw pain? Uh, I have, so I have this really bad overbite. See, I'm fixing it with Invisalign right now, but it's, yeah, but it doesn't look that bad. It's, it's getting a lot better. I've been in, I've been in my trays for over a year. (laughs) 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 Wait, why is that funny? It's a funny phrase. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's fixing them. But yeah, like I think also I'm a, a stressor and I just have mm. jaw pain and I don't know. Are you a stressor? Um, you seem, uh, I know you have internalized panic. Yeah, but. I, I can get stressed. I will say that I, cl- I have a night guard Yeah, and because I clench when I'm sleeping I and that, I grind. Yeah. And so the thing that happens is that when I wake up, my jaw is always dislocated. What? So first thing in the morning, yeah, because I've just been like clenching, <laughs> like I'm squeezing my teeth real tight right now just like just like that, like all night. And then, so I wake up and it's just out of the socket. And so I have to like, the first thing I do is I have to pop it back in every that morning. That is so insane. You're yeah. basically telling me every morning you wake up and you like put your face together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. It's like, it's like my first order of business before I do anything. That is so alien. Like I just don't, Wow, we're putting I, all the pieces together today <laughs> so much. It's also, too, it's like the kind of thing we're just like I've gotten used to. And I was like, maybe I should talk to a doctor or dentist about this. But it's also it's not really it. I feel like it's the kind of thing I would tell them and they'd be like, well, if it's working for you, just keep doing that. <laughs> right. Because like what else, what I'm not going to get elective surgery over this. It's not that big of a deal. I hate when doctors say that. That makes me want to punch them in the face. Like what? If it's working for you, if I'm telling the doctor about it, it's not Mm. like, obviously there's a problem. I don't know. I have, I have a lot of doctor enemies in Los Angeles, so (laughs) I'm going to have to relocate very soon. Um, You're like (laughs) Spider-Man. What? He's got doctor enemies. He does? Oh, yeah. yeah. In his rogues gallery. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's true. Um I once sent my gynecologist a link to my stand up so that I could get like special treatment. But <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> because I feel like it's so competitive right. in, in LA. Like you don't know how to like get the, get the edge with your doctor and like have them notice you and respond to your email. So I was like, oh maybe she'll like see my stand up and like put a face, you know, put a, a five minute set to a name and right. it, it just didn't really work out that well. I had years ago, I had this, this is like eight jobs ago back when I was working in the video game industry. And I had my insurance took me to these, this uh, Greek married couple as who were my dentists for like a year. And one time the guy, the, I had the, the male dentist 
the the husband. They're they're this this Greek couple like in their sixties who always like hurt me. Like every time I was like getting dental work from from uh, done by them, it was always very painful. Um, but. <laughs> The the guy was examining me and he was like asking, just making small talk, like, what do you do for a living? And I had like, you know, dental shit in my mouth. And so uh, I was trying to say video games. I, just, I said video games. And I think he just heard the video part. And so he like leaned in, like checked over his shoulders, leaning close. And he was like, like, porno movies? Like, he was like, <laughs> like, I don't know why he leapt to that, but he was like very, very hopeful that that's what my profession was. <laughs> I guess either starring in or directing pornography. Oh my god! Yeah, it's weird. I also too. I had an optometrist once. This was a. This was another very strange. Where could this go? Okay, so this was this was a this was a a uh, female optometrist. She was very very nice, and she always gave me uh, good care. But she was examining <laughs> me once, and um, like leaning in like very close with some instrument, and like examining my eyeballs. And she was like, you know, like an inch, like as close as this mic is to my mouth. Like she was there, like examining me. And she just whispers, kiss me. No! <laughs> no! And, and, I, and I just went like, I just went like, I just like, cl- like did nothing. I just took no action. And then she like waited one second and then like recoiled and was like, okay, all right. Your eye looks good there. And like, just like carried on the exam. Like she hadn't said it, did not address it. No. Yeah. No yes. way. Yeah. No yeah. way. Open with this. <laughs> you can reach Esther Pavitsky on Twitter at Little Esther. That is L-I-T-T-L-E-E-S-T-H-E-R. Nick Weiger at Nick Weiger, N-I-C-K-W-I-G-E-R. And Esther Pavitsky's newsletter can be read at tinyletter.com forward slash Little Esther. That is T-I-N-Y-L-E-T-T-E-R dot C-O-M forward slash L-I-T-T-L-E-E-S-T-H-E-R. You can find the show on Stitcher, Player FM, and Podbean. And if you click the website link on iTunes, it takes you right back to iTunes. And before we go, our second and final burst of durst for the evening. This one is from November 25th. It is called Monetizing the White House in which our intrepid correspondent offers up a few suggestions to fill that darn deficit hole. Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about money. Something nobody has enough of, you, me, and now, apparently, America. Mitch McConnell says we have to cut entitlements because of our huge deficit. What he fails to mention is he's sort of responsible for the deficit with the $1.5 trillion corporate tax cut he pushed through earlier this year. Of course, now with the Democratic House, you get a better chance of a wounded sheep taking down a pride of lions and getting them to sign off on cuts to Social Security or Medicare. But hey, don't we have a president who's really good at monetizing things? After all, he ran casinos and wineries and universities and made plenty of money on them, right? Someone who knows the value of the presidency. He already presented a medal of honor to the wife of his largest donor. If rich people are willing to drop big bucks to get a hunk of metal on a ribbon, we should encourage this behavior. Besides, there's plenty of ways to make money off this presidency. You could offer uh, a personalized one-hour beauty makeover from the First Lady. Presidential son Eric will let you beat him in tic-tac-toe. 
At the next Passover, Ivanka Trump Kushner will attend your Seder. A soothing back rub from Mike Pence. Warning, cannot be performed in the presence of a woman. Round of golf with the leader of the free world. Don Jr. will have lunch with you at the same restaurant table he did with Natalia Veselnitskaya. You can listen in on the tape of Jamal Khashoggi being killed. Limited edition of autographed photos of Vladimir Putin riding a horse shirtless. Your very own congressional seat. Of course, that's only for residents of red states. The President of the United States will mention you in a tweet. And if you want the President of the United States to mention you favorably in a tweet, it'll just cost a little more. For Succotash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast, I'm Will Durst. Go to willdurst.com to find the Will Durst Journal, which is comedy for people who read or know someone who does. You can also find all his dates and deets there. And you can follow him on Twitter at Will Durst. W-I-L-L-D-U-R-S-T. And there you have it. Or rather, here you had it. It being another Succotash the Comedy Soundcast, Soundcast Clips Edition. That is still underway now that I think about it. So here you are having it. Another edition of Succotash the Comedy Soundcast, Soundcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for retweeting us when you see our links. And thank you for visiting www.succotashshow.com clicking the Amazon banner right near the top of the page and shopping, as you normally would, because when you do that, Amazon cuts us a small portion of that, which goes to our server costs. If you haven't done that before, it's perfectly fine, because we love you anyway, if you are listening. We also love those who don't listen, as long as they're also reasonably good people. And by we, I mean me. I I need to clarify that, because I don't wish to speak on behalf of other people when it pertains to love. It's not a healthy habit to get into. And, as an expectant father, I need to maintain my health in as many areas as I can. So, anyway, thank you for listening. And if you like us a little, you might tell your friends about us, which is one of the best ways of helping us out and what we mean when we gently urge you to please pass the succotash. You've been listening to Succotash Clips, the comedy soundcast soundcast with your host, Tyson Saner. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, on SoundCloud, on YouTube, on Donder, on Blitzen, on iHeartRadio, and on... <laughs> the Laughable App. You can hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at TysonSaner at SuccotashShow.com. Or call into the Suckatash hotline at our toll or call number 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us by using our direct upload link at itail.com slash you slash succotash. Production of Succotash is overseen by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, hosted by Tyson Sainer. Our executive producer is Mark Hershon. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the Succotash. Goodbye. Goodbye.